You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into episode 144 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian Felice, joined by Bridget Pru and Scott McLaughlin. Bruins fall tonight to the LA Kings 3-2 in a shootout. On Thursday night, they fall to 23-4-2 on the season. I say fall to loosely, but uh, it is what they did. Um, you know, not the. I would say this is the second consecutive game for the Bruins uh, where they just really they weren't they they didn't even bring. I don't think even their their B game um, against the Islanders. They got away with it. Tonight against the Kings, not so much. They squander a 2-0 lead and fall in the shootout. Yeah, and that, you know, after the game, there's still some talk of like, well, you know, they just had a long road trip. They haven't practiced since they got back because obviously they had Monday off. That was their travel day. You know, Tuesday is just a morning skate before the game. Um, but I don't know. Like, it, you know you've been back for three days. I, I kind of feel like normally, you know, that's enough time for a team to recover, but yeah, they just kind of seemed off and, you know, Krejci's first game back. I thought he was a little off. Um, and they, you know, it, they've been such a great third period team. They've been the best third period team in the NHL. They hadn't lost before tonight. They hadn't lost when leading after two periods. Um, and they, they blow a lead really for the, for the first time this season. And in, in terms of like, you know, like an actual legitimate blown lead resulting in a loss, um, they're up two nothing after two and give up two in the third period. Now, you know, I think the tying goal was probably shouldn't have really happened because the penalty, the first, it happens on a five on three and the first penalty call on Clifton wasn't a penalty. It was. I mean, it was a nudge, a shove, and um, Philip Dano went down very easy and got the call. And then Carlo gets a tripping call, like almost right off the faceoff to give. It was seven Kings, seconds later. Yeah, to give the Kings an extended five on three. That you know that was a penalty. He you tripped him. Easy call. It was um, kind of weird though. Like it seemed like he couldn't avoid the ref. Like on the draw. So like, he's like trying to move one way and then his stick ends up there. Obviously it was a trip, but it was kind of a weird situation too. Yeah. And, but you know, the Bruins had their chances still like that. They had a power play just before that, a chance to extend the lead. They couldn't capitalize. Uh, Whoops. I just hit my hand on the table. So that's a loud bang you heard. Uh, (laughs) And then they get another power. They get another power play right at the end of regulation that carries into overtime and they can't capitalize on that either. So you know, it's still even with blowing the lead, had chances, but uh, end up falling in the shootout, which 
you know, we know it's kind of just a crapshoot once you get there. And which, uh, by the way, their first two first two shooters scored. Coyle and DeBrusque yeah. both scored right off the bat, and then, uh, but two goals from both of their first scores too. So, um, their first shooters. So, it, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Well, this is kind of what Montgomery is saying. Like, Coyle goes first, he scores. You have the momentum, and then DeBrusque scores, and but after that it just kind of went downhill because then they, when it's tied again and you keep seeing guys miss and miss and miss, you know, it's not, it's probably not going your way for much longer. I think, I think this is a game like tonight is kind of the danger of uh, having such a strong start to the season. If you're the Bruins, I think it's just kind of, I think it's just kind of tough to, to get up for a Thursday night game in December against the Kings when you've gotten off to a 23-3 and uh 23-4 and one start. And it just felt like it was just it just felt like that. It just felt like it was just one of those games, one of 82 type of games. And to Scott's point earlier, it's like you understand that against the Islanders because you know you've had a lot of heavy duty games over the last three and a half weeks against some really good teams, albeit not at full strength, but you've, you've traveled out to, to Denver and Arizona and Las Vegas. Um, and, you know, you come back home and you play a pretty stingy Islanders team. And it, that one's understandable. Like, you know, and they've still found a way to win, but to Scott's point, it's like, you know, you've had, you've been home now for, for three, four days and, and you've been in your own bed and you, 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 you got the cobwebs out against the Islanders and, Tonight was one of those games where it's like this is one of those games you come out flying and you come out with tons of energy. It's it's tailor made for the home team to play well, and they just seem really lethargic and uh, and and sloppy. And I thought that, quite frankly, I thought the Bruins got what they deserved. I know if you look at the stats for the game, they'll tell you the Bruins outshot them, outhit them, but I just felt like the Bruins kind of got what they deserved. I, I think that it's not necessarily that like they played so bad they deserve to lose. They certainly just didn't take advantage of their opportunities to to step on the on the snake's throat. And when you when you give a team an opportunity to come back in the game, they'll do it. So it was uh I, I definitely just I don't want the Bruins to fall into this trend of like we're only gonna get up for games that, that interest us. Like if we play in Tampa, if we play in Toronto, because you, you look, I understand they're gonna have their hiccups, like that's all part of the season. I'm I'm not laboring on that point that because they lost it's just a matter of like just don't let these happen too often yeah and and after the game uh montgomery said he sensed frustration on the bench uh some of the players in the locker room kind of said something similar or you know in like marsh and it was obviously visible he ended up taking three penalties i believe and uh you know a couple of them were just like clear retaliation or, you know, getting into trying to like create a scrum or, or, you know, don't really know if it was just pure emotion that he kind of like get away from him a little, or, you know, if he's trying to spark something by just bringing some fire, you know, Montgomery said he, he likes that fire. I don't, he probably doesn't like the something penalties, in but, vinegar. He, but he, yeah. Look. Yeah. He said, quote, he to, something in vinegar. Yeah. He had to censor himself. Um, you know, and Marchand after the game said, you know, he probably got carried away like a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, then but that was like sort of representative of the team. It, you know, I don't know if it was whether it was the officiating or the Kings doing a pretty good job disrupting, like especially through the neutral zone. I don't think the Bruins really struggled to get speed going for for much of the night, and that's kind of what it looked like. It looked like a frustrated team that. Almost like I feel like when you hear that, it's like, well, do they think it was going to be easy? Like, you know, what are you frustrated by? Like, okay, you're going to have to work for the win, but even still, like, you got up to nothing, so there shouldn't, you know, that should have allowed you to play a little freer, like a little less frustrated. So, yeah, just just like a just a very weird game, and I get being totally frustrated by like the Clifton call at the end, and maybe some of the other calls, but again, you were still up to nothing, and and blew a two nothing lead and and it was interesting to me just how many times we heard the word frustrating from pretty much every single person that we talked to after the game maybe Krejci didn't say it but he didn't say much at all um but you know Marshawn Hall, I think the fact that Krejci said so little tells you that uh he was pretty he frustrated was- yeah, he was pretty frustrated with us too. Um, did not well, want to answer. He said, uh, to, to, to you guys' point, I actually read into it a little bit. I was going to ask you guys what you thought about that because what Krejci said was, um, he said, I don't want to get into it, which kind of tells you there was there was something really that bothering him. So I don't know if, yeah, so yeah. I don't know if you guys had any insights. I think it, it, did kind of, it did kind of feel like we were missing something, right, Scott? It kind of felt like we were missing some sort of thing that – they they were all talking about and referencing that we didn't really understand completely what where the frustration was coming from. I think it, it was probably specifically the Clifton call, um, if not the officiating in general. And I think mm-hmm. that's why that that's how I read it was crazy was saying like I'm not gonna get into bitching about the refs basically. Well, I yeah. think for both teams, like I definitely think watching that game. Uh, I, I thought the refs were way too involved. You, you yes. look at this, you, you look at the stat line and both teams had six power plays and both teams went one for six. So I'm not saying this from a perspective where it's like, oh, the refs screwed the Bruins, like, you know, put the whistles away. I'm, I'm saying from a, from a neutral perspective for both teams, like if I'm a Kings fan or a Bruins fan or just a neutral fan watching the game, you watch that game and it's the refs are way too involved to call 12 penalties in a 60 minute. Well, I guess that that's not true. It was a 65 minute game and one of them did bleed over, but they called six, they called 12 penalties in regulation. The last one carried over. That's way too much involvement. And it's dictating, it's dictating the outcome of the game. It's, it's controlling the, the ebbs and flows and more importantly what it does. And maybe this is what beyond the specific calls against their, his teammates, maybe what frustrates players when refs have nights like this is you're just, you're totally disrupting the flow of the game. And, and it's just, I think it's a frustrating, uh, if that's the word of the night game to play in because everybody's out of sync and you're not able to get in your line, your five on five lines. And that's how I read that. Yeah. And, and Taylor Hall said as much, he, he gave probably the best answers on, on things um, after the game to, kind of just talk through what what the issue was. And he did mention that there was a lot of disruption because of the the penalties, but in particular, the the five on three that they had to try to kill off, um, you know, some guys got cold. Um, and, you know, that that's the the issue when you're there's so much special teams. Um, some guys are just not getting ice time for for extended periods of time because they're either not on the 
penalty kill they're not a penalty killer like Matt Grizzlick say doesn't get a lot of time on the penalty kill or they're not a forward that comes out and plays much time on the power play so that's another thing that kind of it, it messes up um people getting cold and people not getting shifts and kind of getting out of the game a little bit yeah I mean like Trent Frederick who's been playing really well recently ends up at 1045 for the game because he doesn't play in power play or, or penalty kill. So yeah, like absolutely. They got guys out of rhythm. Um, again, you know, something you have to fight through and I, I don't think it excuses blowing a two Oh lead, but it does kind of add to just the whole feel of it just being, you know, kind of an odd night. It, really the second one of the week. I mean, that Islanders game didn't feel like, you know, a normal game or a game where like the Bruins are on, they had to kind of just slug their way through it. Um, and this was, and this was a lot of the same, it, just very, very disjointed. You saw a lot of shifts with line combinations that weren't what they were on the depth chart because they're coming off a of power play. So, you know, the guys who are just on the power play had to sit an extra shift. I, coming I off saw a penalty kill on the guys who were, killing the penalty, you know, miss a shift, like just, I'm pretty sure I saw no sick out there with like Hall and Pasternak at one point in time. And I was like, I don't know what's going on yeah. with this, but um, that was after one of the penalties. So yeah, it, it definitely disrupted the lines and, and something, something that when we talked to Marshawn, and I want to get your opinion on this um, it, today, once again, it came up about him still not being a hundred percent recovering from injury that the double hip surgery, um, he one thing that he said that was interesting to me. I tried to tweet it, but my Twitter just like not working right now. Um, I blame Elon, but uh, was, I was that? Say, did you tweet the location of Elon Musk's jet? Because I know I, I think I suspended. got. I think I was one of those journalists that got <laughs> suspended. But so Marshawn said that one of the things that he's been told by Montgomery to to watch out for is extending his shifts because he's not fully in the shape that he usually. Um, you know, is in during the season because of that recovery time for him. And so he's been extending shifts and then that affects him a few shifts down the line and it, it's affecting him, you know, one shift later, two shift later, three shifts later. So his, he's trying to cut back on that, take shorter shifts so that it doesn't impact him, um, you know, as the period goes on. Um, so that's just a conditioning thing. And I think the word that coach used was learning curve um, for like how much his body can handle at, at this point after the double hip surgery and, and um, you know, where he is physically uh, is kind of not what he's used to. So he's having to change a little bit about his game to make up for that. Yeah. And I also thought that was interesting coming on the heels of at, I don't remember if it was when they were on the road or if it, was since they came back it all kind of blends together. But at some point recently he made a comment about Bergeron, like what makes him so effective. And one of the things he highlighted was that he changes off quick. So he's always, you know, he's, he's never caught out there tired. So, you know, he shorns his shifts, gets back to the bench and then he's fresh for his next shift. And, it, you know, now you kind of piece the two together and it's like, okay, obviously, yeah, like, there's clearly a message to Marshand of, like, at least for the time being, at least until you get, you know, your full endurance back, you know, if and when that happens, uh, 
you know, try to be more on the Bergeron schedule. Like keep your shift short, give it your all for 30, 35 seconds and then get off. Don't try to extend it to 45, 50 a minute. Um, you know, because you want to make sure that you're recovered for the next shift, that that line isn't sitting on the bench for a long period of time. So if Martian's wearing himself out, you know, on a long shift and then it's kind of bleeding into the next one. Yeah. Like that would help explain some of, um, some of like the five on five inconsistency that I think we've, we've seen from him at times because on the power play, he still looks really good. He's putting up points there. He gets the goal tonight on the power play. Um, but five on five, you know, it's not, it's not like his game's bad, but it's just not yeah. up to the level that we're used to seeing. Well, that's because, you know, on the power play, you're not usually playing end to end hockey when it's five on five, you're playing end to end. You're, you're wearing yourself out more. You're transitioning. Hopefully if your power plays, you know, doing what it needs to do, most of the time is spent in the offensive side of the ice. And even when the puck gets cleared, you don't necessarily have to clear all the way out. You just got to come back to the neutral zone. So that take it takes less out of you. And, and that it makes a lot of sense when, when you put it like that and you see that we see the stats that bear out that he's been better on the power play since he's come back than five on five. And we kind of been starting to get a little bit of the reasoning, the conditioning, and, and it makes sense that, you know, the, the injury is factoring in the way it is. How about that? How about that goal though tonight with, um, with Pasternak behind the net, fearing for his life. Do you guys catch that? Yeah. That, that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> and <laughs> that it was like great. almost fell over. <laughs> and then you see Martian laughing in the, uh, in the celebration. Um, but look, I mean, Hey, his, uh, his snapshot's still there. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that tonight was his first point in what five games. Is that what they said uh, yeah. on the broadcast? So look, yeah. I mean, he, that, that, that tells you he's even struggling a little bit, uh, a little bit. Um, on the power play too, because, you know, you'd like to think you get a pointer here and there in the last five games in the power play. But um, yeah, I mean, look for, for Martian, my, my opinion has just stayed the same all year. It's like, I I just, I just care that he's healthy and, and, and the best Martian that he can be come, you know, April and and, uh, May and hopefully June. I'm, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it would be great to see him, um, be back in the running for like the, the heart trophy. But I, I just think that when you miss a month of the season, uh, it's tough to get yourself back into that race. And um, so it's possible his, his years of, of putting up a hundred points, uh, 110 points could be behind him because, you know, because as you get older, you might play less games and, and, and whatever. But all I care about is that Brad Martian is Brad Martian in the playoffs. That that's that's my biggest concern with him, and I think I have no doubt that he will be. Um, his, his personality hasn't changed. No, and, and you know, I think tonight was one of the first times this year where you kind of saw. He, we all know, and and he has said it himself over the years. But as long as he knows the line, he he's his best when he's engaged. And I, he's let me take that back. He's engaged every single game he plays in. What I mean by that is he's at his best when he's when he's emotionally kind of on an edge, like he he's pissed off at somebody on the team, like he was with Philip Denault tonight. And I think th- that was one of the first times this year we've kind of seen him, the old Martian. In fact, I think it was the first time uh, Monty saw the uh, the dragon within. So 
Um, yeah, I hope I, yeah, good thing that the uh, mics didn't pick up anything because uh, if you were reading his lips there, it was just every, every word was a swear yeah. word, so. And you can tell, you could tell it was a, a relatively green ref. He looked, the kid looked like he was probably, you know, in his maybe late 20s. So he looked like, it looked like a newer ref in the league that Martian was just giving it to him. And you got, you saw Bergeron kind of bring him back a little bit too. And that the penalty, the one penalty that we really saw him, you know, get it, trying to get in the rest face about where he was particularly angry. I don't think they showed it on the TV broadcast, but as soon as he got in the box, he just, I don't know, I assume broke his stick because I just heard it slam against the the penalty box door. So I, they, they didn't show it on Nesson, but I. Yeah. Well, after, and he just slammed the door shut. Like, oh, yeah. It was, there was a lot of loud noises coming from inside the box. So he was, you know, even sitting in there just pissed off. And, and yeah. And, and you know what? He, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that matching penalty with him and Dino towards the end. Um, but, yeah, it it seemed like at certain points in time he may have gotten a little carried away, but Dino was really pushing his buttons pretty much throughout the whole game. Yeah, I mean the the matching penalty was probably the right call. Like, I agree. If if, if anything, I was wondering if Martian was going to get an extra two because he like he finished. Now it wasn't like a super hard hit; it wasn't going to do any damage, but he finished that hit on Dano like way late i mean he clearly just chased after him at the puck was like already at the other end of the ice pretty much and martian just skated right at dano and finished his hit like five seconds late um and that's what set it off and and, you know and and he was pissed off from early in the game because i think it was earlier in the game that he got the cut he ended he ended up with a cut by his eye no i asked him and he said it was from the dano when he went to the ground with dano Oh, so from the from the end. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, you know, they had a thing going all night and like And I, I don't said, think like, he had stitches. It was just kind of taped. Just Yeah, it's almost like, like a butterfly stitch or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look like a real stitch, but it was kind of, and it was right it was in a dangerous spot though. It was right on the corner of his eye, like literally where your eyelashes stop. That was right exactly where it was. Um it looked like it was, you know, almost an injury to the eye, which would have been a lot worse, obviously. Um, my guess is it was from his visor hit when his head hit the ice and his visor hit the ice. But he said he didn't know exactly how it happened, but it happened during when him and Dino went on the went to the ice. And Montgomery said he thought maybe um Dino pushed his face into the ice, but Marshawn said he doesn't even remember. He was just angry and that was I mean he was, was he was certainly the the initiator and the aggressor in that situation. And, you know, it was, it wasn't like, like he was annoyed. I mean, he had, he had taken two minor frustrated even. Yeah. Yeah. I should, I should have gone with that. Um, (laughs) I mean, he, he took two minor penalties earlier in the game. The first one, I mean, look, when, when you have a puck that's up for grabs, it looks like an NBA, you know, center court toss up. You, you know, if you're going to, you're going to cross check a guy in the back, whether it was malicious or not, like it's the entire arena is looking at that situation. So there's no hiding from it. And so that was a stupid yeah, penalty. That was an offensive zone penalty as well. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. But it was just, it, it was obviously going to be called. Um, but the one in the third period, I think it was, or I think it was a third period 
where you know he he was pissed off because he thought the guy was chicken winging him, and, and you know he probably was. I think it was I think it was Kevin Fiala. He 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 was, but you know it's he he, he was definitely uh, his temperament wasn't at its best tonight. 